I'd now like to introduce our second speaker, Peggy, to share about recovery and unity. Thank you. Hi, I'm Peggy. I'm a compulsive overeater. And um, and I'm very diverse for a middle-aged white lady. I uh, I signed this um, standard form for this to be recorded, and uh, so I'm a compulsive overeater, and uh, I'm an exercise bulimic, and I represent uh, some of the LGBTQQI, uh, and I am multiply addicted. And um, I have relapse in my recovery story, and that's just me. I don't know if I have that. Thank you. Thank you. Um, oh, wow, look at all these beautiful faces. Hi. Um, I'm so grateful. I was asked to speak um, last night, and I haven't had a chance to rehearse you guys um, but I do know that uh, that when I came in in uh, 2007 uh, I was in the grip of a disease didn't know it then that uh, that I think we might share in common Here's my experience, and I'm not going to go through 42 years prior to coming in the room. I may talk a little bit about relapse uh, uh, and struggling with food while I'm in OA, but uh, I'm going to tell you that coming to OA did not did not cure my food problem, and it did not uh, uh, I did not recover coming to OA. And uh, but what I did learn. Uh, was this idea that I had a disease, you know, and um, that it took time, but I really got to understand that the fact that when I try to control my food, uh, I can't for any extended period of time. that in itself is unmanageable. Hello. <laughs> and the more I would focus on trying to control the food, the more unmanageable my life became. And sometimes it looked pretty good from the outside. Sometimes I looked pretty good from the outside. Um, sometimes I weighed 115 pounds. Sometimes uh, that's not probably healthy at five foot ten. Sometimes I weighed uh, 210 pounds. Um, that's unmanageable. Um, what else? Right, so what I have learned uh, in OA from uh, studying the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous and from listening to you guys is that I have an abnormal reaction to eating. I have an abnormal reaction to overeating about anybody else in this room. But when I overeat, something happens in my body where I want to eat more food. That doesn't happen to a non-compulsive overeater. I know, I'm, I'm 
sure of it, actually, because I have friends who are not compulsive overeaters. Um, when I try to use exercise to mitigate uh, the effects of compulsive overeating, um, really what, it, what happens is I want to eat more. That's what happens. When I, and not, not to mention the damage that I have done to this body through that, um, when I uh, try to restrict my food, I can be really good at this. I can be very good at that, and I can look very successful. Um, but what happens is uh, it stretches out for a while, the tension becomes so great, and I just fall face down into the food. Because the disease of compulsive overeating is a power greater than me, period. I don't know about you guys. Um, and uh, so coming here, I've come to believe that a power greater than me, and for me, a power greater than the disease of compulsive overeating. It's way greater than that, can restore me to sanity. Right, and what does sanity look like? Well, for starters, for me, and it's taken me years to really understand this in my bones. And so right now, for today, I understand it. Tomorrow, I may need a lot of help understanding it again. But to try to control my eating is insane. <laughs> that is insane for me. As insane as, and I study that big book of alcoholics, and I tend to be attracted to them as well, but that's a different program. And I, uh, so I know a little bit about that disease, and uh, it's very similar to mine. And, um, you know, I, I just think it would be crazy for an alcoholic to attempt to control uh, his or her drinking. That's what I'm, that's what I'm told. So... In OA, I have often unconsciously, I will say, through my uh, food plan uh, adventures in OA, I have often unconsciously been trying to control my eating. Yeah. And um, so, so that's that. I mean, that's really, I think, all I'm going to say about that. Um, and the only, only, only solution I have ever found that works for me one day at a time is to surrender every bit of my life over to that power that is greater than me and greater than the disease of compulsive overeating. And so I'm going to talk about God. And I'm going to start by saying I use the word God the same way uh, if I sneeze and you hand me a tissue, I'd say thanks for the Kleenex. Uh, it's just a word, right? And I no longer attempt to understand what that word means. It's not, it's definitely not the God I grew up with. And it may or may not, I don't know. Uh, I have no idea what it is. I don't really care, actually. What I know is that I, un I have an understanding today of God. Uh, based on my experience, and I've come to have that understanding of God uh, based on the experience of literally hundreds and thousands of people who have recovered 
from compulsive fill-in-the-blank using the 12 steps of Alcoholics Anonymous. And, uh, and I know without a shadow of a doubt that I do not have to eat compulsively today. Just, it's, I can't tell you the freedom. Um, so that's where my recovery starts. Um, I've been taught that to turn my will and my life over to the care of a higher power means that I'm turning over absolutely everything that I am, uh, which uh, includes uh, what I read to you before. It includes being, you know, uh, a 53-year-old uh, cross-eyed lesbian who maybe I'm not anymore. I don't know. We're we're working on that. Definitely a member of the the LBGQQWXYZ community, and uh, and uh, who um, is a good friend uh, is. Uh, pretty impatient person, you know, um, I don't know, I have a lot of qualities that might make me very different from you, might make me really similar to you, but, um, but I surrender all of those qualities to my higher power, um, and everything that I want to contribute, uh, to contribute, to, to turn my will and my life over to my higher power means uh, that I note my preferences. Uh, I inventory what uh, what's bothering me, what I struggle with. I inventory on a daily basis. I inventory uh, what I want, what I don't want. And uh, I talk to another human being about that, who I call my sponsor. And um, I surrender it to my higher power. And when I do that... Um, you know, those ninth step promises of fear of financial insecurity. I don't have a lot of money. I don't have fear of financial insecurity. Do you have five more minutes, Nancy? Yeah. Yeah. Um, social anxiety. Um, you know, <laughs> this is it. This is, this is what God's working with, you know, and it's good. It's good. Self-acceptance. Um, I know I can't force anything today. I cannot force. Oh, I'll slip and try to force. Oh, anybody in here ever play whack-a-mole? Anybody? Yeah. So that's a big part of my story. So when I um, am not really surrendering my food, but following a food plan really well, um, my favorite addiction is to, to control you. Instead, you know, uh, and but I have others uh, binge watching TV or um, I don't know uh, something obsessive, some obsessive activity. Uh, I don't need to do that. I don't need to do that. Oh, finding fault with my roommates. Yes, that's a favorite. Also, um, yeah. I don't know uh, how much more I want to say. It's just that the. Um, the power of God in my life, um, I'm able to surrender because I have steps four through 12, you know? Oh, I know, this is kind of a fundamental 
to, to why I don't compulsively overeat today. Because having had a spiritual awakening as the result of working the steps, um, I get to carry the message to other compulsive overeaters and practice these principles, practice, practice these principles in all my affairs. And the more total uh, my surrender, right? The more total my surrender in every aspect of my life, the more fully I get to practice the principles, the better I get at the surrender, the more fully realized my freedom from the food obsession is. That's my experience. I hear it all the time, but that's my experience. Um, do I have strong opinions? Yes. Do I, uh, do I sometimes think I know, you know, uh, the way you should be working your program? Yes. <laughs> do, uh, do I know? <laughs> you know? Um, is the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous the right uh, way in for you? I have no idea, you know. Um, I find it really powerful to know that, you know, every time I hear, you know, the Ford, the first edition, you know, we are more than 100 men and women who've recovered from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. Um, it really helps me understand that, um, you know, while there's no cure, it's possible for me to not succumb to that peculiar, crazy thought that it's okay for me to overeat just this once, you know, uh, because maybe this once I won't have that abnormal reaction to it. Um, I don't know about you, but those thoughts come to me sometimes. But um, the more I focus on being of service to my higher power, uh, the more I get to be genuinely helpful to you guys, the more I focus on slowing down and waiting for an answer, waiting for direction, um, the less I attempt to do uh, in my self-will, the more actually gets done. <laughs> um, the more I think of God as my employer, uh, the less I worry about job security, <laughs> you know? Um, and again, you know, this fellowship consists of atheists, agnostics, Hindus, Muslims, Buddhists, Catholics, Presbyterians, you know. And um, we have a solution. We have a common solution, you know. And, um, yeah, I mean, to me it's pretty simple. <laughs> it's pretty simple. I'm a compulsive complicator. And I love this story about three chickens a day because it's simple. It's simple. And I can see how, you know, yeah. So I really appreciate that this room is full. I really appreciate that my heart is full. And I'm really grateful to you because I learned from you. Thank you.